This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, welcome back to this very historic recording of the Frontier Freedom Hour. We are in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life, the 50th March for Life. Uh, one of the largest, probably the largest gathering, human rights gathering in the world. Uh, gets together every year in January around the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Now, you may be saying, why are we still getting together? Well, it's the first one after the fall of Roe v. Wade, but America is by no means a pro-life nation. In fact, all that the fall of Roe v. Wade did was allow state legislators, legislation here in, Cap here in Washington, D.C. as well, to be able to pass laws to restrict abortion prior to viability. So Roe v. Wade said, all right, you can pass a law restricting abortion, things like late-term abortion, only for babies once they've reached viability. Well, that's a moving target, and it has changed a lot over the years, and as science gets better and better, well, then the laws got earlier and earlier. Well, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health challenged that notion from Roe v. Wade with a law that prevented abortion after 15 weeks. And so with the fall of that, states can now restrict abortion earlier and earlier. I'm walking here with Tom Copeland, Dr. Tom Copeland. He's a politics professor at Colorado Christian University. We're here with about 30 students. CCU has now sought to be pro-life U. Uh, we've submitted that as a trademark pending approval. But that kind of details our deep and passionate commitment to the sanctity of life. Tom, describe a little bit of what we're seeing now. We're actually on a different course than we've normally done here from the March for Life. Give, give listeners a little bit of sense of what we're experiencing right now. Well, so we're uh, just turning past the, the National Gallery of Art. I started coming to the March for Life in 1987, back when I was in high school, and uh, there are far fewer of us who are part of those marches, um, but we'd come up uh, along the National Mall of Constitution Avenue in turn and finish at the Supreme Court. This time around, uh, they're taking a slightly longer route because in some ways the victory has been won at the Supreme Court, and now the battle's turned to not just the states, but also uh, the, the federal uh, Congress. And so we're effectively circling the Capitol as a way to let our, our national legislators know that uh, we're still here to uh, argue in favor of life. It seems to be a growing contentious issue. Uh, <laughs> one of the most pivotal contentious issues out there. Uh, do you think we're gonna see in our future uh, pro-life legislation passed at the national level? Well, I think it's gonna be very difficult to get anything done long-term because both houses of Congress are so evenly divided and it really would take a veto-proof majority, at least during a Democratic administration probably, to, uh, to get anything really pro-life passed. Uh, so I, I think it'll take some time. It really would take Republicans probably controlling the presidency and having large majorities in both uh, houses before we could get anything really serious uh, passed. Now, like any social movement, you kind of chip away. And you, you, you do your best to pass little things here, little things there. Uh, you create alternatives, but it's a cultural battle, right? I mean, we've got a real big cultural challenge ahead of us as we're trying to uh, change hearts and minds with regards to abortion uh, and honestly I think one of the biggest challenges we face is a radical individualism uh, I want to be able to live the life I want to live 
and uh, nobody can tell me what to do. Uh, that's honestly one of the kind of founding principles, I think, of, of these generations these days. Um, so, you know, one idea is we've got to get a lot better at service. I think if if women are facing a crisis pregnancy, I think crisis pregnancy centers should be out-serving groups like Planned Parenthood in ways that provides better care, better support for them, because uh, Planned Parenthood, unfortunately, wants repeat customers. And so they're kind of just going to perform an abortion and send you out the door, hope you continue to live your life the way you are, and you'll come back, you know, for multiple abortions, unfortunately. So we've got broader cultural battles ahead of us. What are kind of your ideas and thoughts, maybe even bigger than politics? Well, Jeff, I think you're absolutely right on the, on the culture front. We tend to see things as a culture war, and it's not that we've asked for that culture war. Uh, the, the folks on the progressive left have really made it their goal to, to take it to uh, traditional conservative you know, Christian worldviews. So we're, we're often playing on our, on our back foot in a lot of ways. I think that's why a lot of pro-lifers were excited when President Trump spoke at the march a couple years ago because rarely had there been someone who was a, a fighter uh, for conservative values. But I think, the, I think the culture is really significant. Our, our young people understand it. They swim in it. Uh, they not only love social media, but they love, they're all, a lot of them are content creators. And so I think one of the things that we really, we want to encourage at CCU and elsewhere is encouraging our young people to actually go ahead and use the technologies. We tend to kind of say, well, no, no, no. You know, there's so many downsides to using uh, social media and so on, but all of the young people out there are swimming in this stuff. And so let's help them put the best content out there that they can in support of life. Right. It's, it's a worldview change that needs to take place. And that's the importance of institutions like Colorado Christian University. We don't aim to be like other colleges or universities. Uh, in fact, we're going to talk with Chancellor Sweeting in just a little bit on this special broadcast of the Frontier Freedom Hour. But, uh, you know, you go to any of the number of other colleges or universities, you're going to pretty much be allowed to live the way you want to be able to live, except for if you're a Christian conservative. Uh, we're passing now some young men that are saying that, uh, you know, it, they're advocating for different leaders here. We need to we need to vote. We need to be out there uh, choosing pro-life elected officials. We're not in the business of getting anybody elected here, but just giving you a sense of some of the folks that are here uh, representing their different organizations. The Archdiocese of Boston marching alongside us here. You get people from really all over the nation that travel in for the National March for Life in Washington, D.C. So, Tom, tell us a little bit about some of the students we've brought this year. 30 students from Colorado Christian University. You work directly with them. You're a professor to many of them. Tell us a little bit about uh, this next generation, maybe how they're different in, in their pro-life stances than maybe previous generations. Well, we see a lot of signs here at the March that are absolutely correct, which is that this is the greatest pro-life generation uh, that we've seen. Those of us, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a millennial or a Gen Xer, and, uh, you know, previous generations have been pro-life to a certain extent, but this generation really, if you, if you follow the polls, are just so, um, so adamantly in support of life. They understand that it's a fundamental uh, human rights issue, uh, that it's something that Christians need to care about more deeply. 
and my hope is that they'll they'll see that you know the, the pro-life movement has grown a lot over the years uh, to really incorporate much better care for moms and dads and families and so on. Uh, pregnancy support centers are I don't know something like several thousand of them across the country, um, which never used to be here before. And uh, you know the church has maybe not not stepped up the way that it needed to to support those organizations. But I think our young people want to see that happen. And so I think that's one thing that will really change with this new new generation of students like these guys. Well, and I've, I've, I've often said they grow up with their little brother and sister, the very first picture being a sonogram taped to the refrigerator door. Uh, they kind of have rejected this lie that it's just a clump of cells. They go, that's a little, my little brother uh, Danny or my little brother uh, Johnny or whatever. They, you know, the idea that's a clump of cells uh, that could just be easily discarded with no consequence uh, is something that I've noticed, particularly among this generation, that they do not support. All right, we are now turning uh, off of 3rd Street onto Independence. This is a totally new route this year for the March for Life. Uh, they've got Washington, D.C. has these big dump trucks out to protect uh, the roads as the roads are just filled. Oh, my. Look up that way right now. We're looking straight ahead. You can just see how big the March for Life is. Tens of thousands of people out here in support of the sanctity of life from all over the country and even other parts of the world will come in to send a message to lawmakers in Washington, D.C. that they want tougher restrictions on abortion to protect innocent life that has no voice. It really is a, a big cultural moment, the first March for Life after the fall of Roe v. Wade. Colorado Christian University bringing 30 students out. It's part of the commitment of the university. They help pay for this. Now, a lot of these students will fundraise themselves in order to help cover the cost, but CCU as a university wants to train up these students because they know that these students get to participate in an event like this. They'll be changed for the rest of their lives. They see that it's a movement full of energy and passion, excitement, hope. There's nobody here that's angry. I don't see, uh, Tom, I don't see anybody uh, yelling uh, bad things. It, Not a one. Uh, <laughs> tend to be an overtly uh, religious march uh, full of hope and happiness and compassion, uh, but seeking to bring about big cultural change in our nation here. We're now walking up towards the House office buildings. This is where Congress, congressmen and congresswomen have their offices. And so they're gonna look out their windows and see tens of thousands of people coming by in support of the sanctity of life. Friends, this has been a very special broadcast of the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. If you have a child, grandchild, that's looking for an alternative to a traditional, you know, secular education, check out ccu.ed. If you want your children, grandchildren to be around young, pro-life men and women, passionate about this issue, passionate about starting families, raising families, and getting a quality liberal arts education, to prepare them for great careers. That's what makes Colorado Christian University so unique. 13 years of record enrollment at CCU. That's not common for many schools these days. They're actually going the other direction. As people are uh, kind of getting tired of uh, the, the radical wokeism at many universities these days, they're looking for a different type and Colorado Christian University 
provides that. Friends, we're going to be right back after these messages. I'm going to continue the conversation with the Chancellor of Colorado Christian University, Dr. Donald Sweeting, as we are broadcasting from the March for Life in Washington, D.C.